0: 502! It is going down on a beautiful Saturday morning here in the Ville. This is your boy, Rashawn Myers. Wake Up 502, WXVW, Big X Sports Radio. I'll be joined shortly by the man, the myth, the legend himself, Mr. Haven Harrington III. Uh, As we get you ready, I guess you can tell by the song, you know, that... A little something about Eagles going on. So we got Boston College coming in town here. The Boston College Golden Eagles taking on your University of Louisville Cardinals. It's going to be a bird fight today, y'all. It's going to be a bird fight. And uh, see see who the biggest and baddest bird on the block is. It's going to be going down. 330 kick ACC Network. Uh, Of course, uh, if you want to come out. Prior to those events, we will of course be out there at the Collision Course Tailgate that is right behind El Nepal on Crittenden Drive. Of course, it used to be Cardinal Hall of Fame Cafe. Uh, come on out there; we'll be on there in the back parking lot, getting you ready, counting you down to kickoff as well. Uh, starting around one one thirty, uh, we're going uh, to do about an hour pregame there with the good folks at the Collision case, uh, with the Collision Course Tailgate, and that is of course brought to you by the Grand. Penny Pub. Uh, big thanks to all the good folks over there at the Granville for all they're doing. You come out there today, you're going to get free food. You're going to have giveaways. It's going to be music. It's going to be entertainment. It's going to be people. Uh, Peyton Siva was nice enough to stop by the tailgate yesterday, uh, excuse me, uh, for the first home game versus Murray State a couple weeks ago. Um, so, you know, you never know who's going to come out to the tailgate. So please come out. Be a part of that. Uh, meet myself. Meet Haven Harrington. Meet Joe Kelly. Uh, we will all be out there and a part of everything going on, so I'd love to see you out there. But I tell you what, y'all, we have an absolutely humongous show today. First of all, I want to let you all know, um that today um we will just be if you want to interact with the show I always say the best way to get involved today the only way you can get involved today is going to be uh via the Thornton's text line of course thats four one four fourteen fifty. um unfortunately the uh Wake up 502 buzz line um is down as we are transitioning uh, to uh, the the uh, new studio or to the other studio, we are, you know if you ever listen to, to Mike Rutherford show, he calls this the uh, the, the the mobile studio uh, over here in Southern Indiana. Uh, well, we are transitioning uh, over uh, to the uh, the Louisville side. Of things, Um, so for now uh, we won't have the phone lines here. I don't know how long uh, that will be going on. Of course, y'all know I'm the only show that actually takes calls around here, but I love to take my calls. But we unfortunately will not have calls today. uh, The Wake Up Five O Two. Uh, buzz line is down, so 5024141450. If you want to get involved, give me a text there. I will definitely be interacting and reading your text. I have a feeling it might be a text-heavy show, second hour, um, uh, as I think Haven, Haven Harrington may have to get out of here um, after the first hour of the show. Uh, but definitely are gonna, we want to break down everything that has to do uh, with University of Louisville football. Uh, the Cardinals made it. They made it to 3-0. and Wasn't pretty. Have some... Concerns, but they got it done. Uh, you know, in college football, it's a lot different than college basketball. College basketball, it's all about getting hot in March, so you don't necessarily have to start off. The greatest, you just need to be playing your best basketball come February. Football is a little different. Football, you have to, if you want to be in the conversation, if you want to have an opportunity uh, to make New Year's Day bowls happen, if you want to have an opportunity um, to be in consideration for the playoff, if you want to have the opportunity to play for a conference championship, you have to pretty much play not mistake-free football, but you have to play winning football all year long. Okay, And, you know, the University of Louisville, has not done, excuse me, they've played winning football per se. Like they've done what they had to do to win. Um, of course, it has not been the prettiest football, it's not been the, the cleanest football so far. But Louisville's gotten it done, um, so of course I have thoughts on that. Uh, we're also going to get into a little bit of University of Louisville basketball just because um, there's not really much uh, going on. Uh, this is the prime and thick of recruiting season, um, and just the fact that that we've not really heard anything um, about any sort of recruiting. We haven't heard about any recruits coming into any football games. Of course, University of Louisville football is hosting a very large contingent of uh, high-profile recruits today for their game. Um, that had had always been a big staple was been making sure to get uh, a lot of the basketball recruits out to some of these early football games so they can you know get loved on by the crowd and, and do all that type of thing that really hasn't been a thing over the last couple of years um, so I do have some thoughts on that um, and then of course we have to get into the NFL y'all Lamar Jackson doing his thing Todd Monkin coming in as the new offensive coordinator uh, Ravens are two and zero. Had a big win up in Cincinnati last week, Uh, so I want to get into that and a few other uh, NFL topics and just anything else that just tickles my fancy or things that you want to bring up. Of course, if you want to bring up something, I always welcome your topics. I always welcome your thoughts. I would love to hear them as well. You have primetime, of course, doing his thing. Deion Sanders is talking his talk and walking his walk. Will it continue versus Oregon? I don't know. That's going to be a very tough one. Uh, I want to get into that, of course. Uh, hopefully, we will unfortunately not have to be able to have Leanne Herring on the phone with us today, but I am hopeful uh, that we will at least be able to send along her picks. Uh, we have, of course, the biggest uh, weekend of college football uh, of the season. Um, of course, you have so many ranked matchups. Just you know, besides the Colorado Oregon. Um, you have Florida State Clemson, even though that's not a ranked matchup because Clemson, for whatever reason, is not ranked, but they are still Clemson, Florida State traveling to Clemson. You have UCLA and Utah. That game will be going down uh, a little bit later on today. You have Ole Miss traveling to Alabama, uh, you know, and, and so on and so forth. There's a huge, there's a, a several huge, huge games, of course, highlighted by that ridiculous showdown of Ohio State and Notre Dame where the get in price, people, they said the get in price for the Ohio State state traveling to South Bend to take on Notre Dame game is the most expensive ticket that they've ever seen as far as secondhand market guys scalpers people at the at the stadium they said those tickets are going for no less than $880 just to get in to the building just to get into Notre Dame stadium that is absolutely Incredible! It is It is amazing. Uh, but, of course, you're going to have that tilt on NBC later on tonight. You also have Iowa traveling uh, to uh, Happy Valley to take on Penn State. So, this going to be a huge day of football. So, you know, we're going to get into that. Uh, I'm going to give you uh, my picks for that. Hopefully, we're going to have Leanne's picks. Um, uh, via uh, text or email message or something. We'll get Leanne's picks as, as well. Uh, would love to hear her thoughts on those. But the first thing I want to get into, and I want to get Haven Harrington's thoughts as soon as he uh, sashays his little butt into the building, <laughs> um, is about this University of Louisville football program. Um, and as we talked about, the University of Louisville has found a way uh, to be 3-0 and through three weeks, which basically means uh, you are still... On point uh, mission has been accomplished. Uh, we of course talked about this season and how uh, the schedule set up, and it it set up pretty where it gave Louisville enough competition to where they had to focus and lock in over the summer, preparing for Boston College. Excuse me, preparing for Georgia Tech as they went down to Atlanta to start the season. Of course, Louisville goes down to uh, Atlanta, um, Georgia Tech off the uh, power of a very, very high-flying uh, second quarter, um, took a commanding lead uh, into, the, into the halftime break. Of course, the Cardinals do then come back in the second half, uh, put their uh, foot down on the throat, and they end up getting the win, uh, which, of course, is the most important thing. Louisville was able to get, it, get the win. Uh, they shook off basically a bad second quarter and played well for three of the four quarters and got it done. Um, Then then you come back uh, against, of course, home versus Murray State. Of course, we were out there on Thursday night. We did the tailgate. Everybody was happy. It was a 56-0 beatdown. Everybody had a good time. OK, so everybody wanted to see what Louisville was going to look like coming back against Indiana, heading up to Indianapolis. Of course, we weren't on the air last week because we were traveling up uh, to Indy uh, to check out the game there. Uh, absolutely uh, amazing time up there. Uh, the, the good folks up there uh, in Indianapolis did a wonderful job. And I, <laughs> I know I know a certain t- contingent of the fan base is going to crack up, but it was hilarious um, after Louisville gets the victory, of course. Um, in celebration that, you know, my folks, my peeps, that one of the traditions that we always had is anytime we go to Indy, we got to make a stop at Church's Chicken. So (laughs) as we were heading out of town, let me tell you something. Church's Chicken was popping, y'all. The Louisville fans – we' we were just piling in there after the game. Everybody was happy because the Cardinals got it done. Um and Church's Chicken was popping. So so shout out to the people over at Church's Chicken, man. They that they, they made the ride back very easy. I got to snack on some chicken and some spicy rice and uh, do that whole thing on the way back down the road. But as far as the game is concerned, Louisville came out uh, like a house of fire, 21-0 at the half. Defense looked dominant. Offense looked like they could do whatever they wanted out there. And then, of course, Louisville came back in the second half and had to basically hold on for dear life in the second half of that game, uh, you know, coming out with just a 21-14 victory. And, and this is where we are right now. And this is where we are as a team. They are 3-0, and but – you basically have two games that cause you concern sandwiched between a dominant game over a, a FCS opponent. So, you know, what do you take from that? What do you take through the first three weeks? And the thing that I that I look at when I look at this, this team and I look at what they were able to accomplish and get done, the thing that I know about this, this Louisville team so far is I like the defense. Okay. I know that, People have been critical of the defensive line and talked about, you know, the fact that they haven't gotten uh, nearly as much pressure. They haven't gotten uh, the, they put, haven't put up the sack numbers and things of that na- nature, the pressures um, that they had, uh, you know, previously. But, of course, Yaya and Yassir are not walking through that door. Yaya Diaby uh, and Yassir Abdullah, you know, those two guys, um, you know, are two of the most fearsome pass rushers that Louisville's had in quite some time. Uh, Haven Harrington joined me. Uh, Haven, how you doing, man?
1: I'm doing pretty good, Rock.
0: hold, hold on. Look but, here. Look, you can't come in the studio with that low energy, but, but, bro. That's a fun it is game day. I but, many...
1: but hold up, Rock.
0: Yes. Yes, B- sir.
1: Before you start okay. talking about my defense, before you start going in on the fact that Sarah Dool is not walking through that door, before you start <laughs> with the fact that the defense hasn't gotten hardly any sacks this year, <laughs> any pass breakups, interceptions. But don't worry about that. Don't, see, don't let that stop you, Rashawn Myers. <laughs> okay? That's what this is about, baby. Yes, sir. This is Cardinal Football Saturday. Yes, sir. Notre Dame. Ohio State Saturday. Uh, yeah. Colorado. Yeah. Oregon Saturday. This is what college football is about. Louisville. Boston College. 330. <laughs> at the L&N Stadium. That's what it's about, baby. See what it's about, Rashawn. It is, it is. It's what's going on today between one and three behind El Nepal. <laughs> so you got Wake Up 502, Main Event Sports, The Collision Course, Tailgate, along with the Granville Pub is going to sit it out like nobody else. We're going to have former cardinals come down and hang out with us. We're going to have free pool port barbecue for all our listeners that come and hang out with us. We are. We have former Cardinal greats, Montrell Jones, a coy gal coming down to hang out with us. And all we need is you to bring this victory. And see, the defense doesn't have to be all that great for Boston College because it's Boston College. True. I know Boston College gave FSU all the fits in the world. But it's still Boston College. And Zay Flowers is not walking through that door.
0: It's true. That is definitely, I I can agree with that one.
1: (laughs) This game comes out of one thing, one thing only, baby. I'm telling you, brother, what it's it's about. (laughs) One right arm of Jack Plummer. Plain and simple. This whole season is going to run that right arm of Jack Plummer. Can he calm down? Can he focus? Can he hit wide receivers in stride? If he does that, we win the game easy. We got probably one of the best wide receiving courts in the ACC right now. I just need to drop some dimes. He drops dimes, we win easily. He gets a little uh, happy feet. He starts underthrowing guys again. Nah, the season may not be special. But I think we got enough weapons to beat Boston College.
0: Well, well, look, look, we ain't going into the breakdown yet. Calm down, there. Look, you just are coming in, guns a blazing. Like we got to go back before we look forward. We didn't have a la- a game, like, or excuse me, we didn't have a show last week, Haven, Harrington. So we, that's why I'm excited, we, man. That's I can tell. I can tell you excited. I can tell. I can tell you excited. Absolutely, and I and I want to get all of that. I want to. I want in depth on that. But but you know, I do feel like to figure out what we're going to do moving forward and what we need to look forward to uh, in this Boston College game. I feel like we have to look back because we have very. interesting... interesting... Interesting data through the first three games. Okay, you know, we of course saw the the, the beatdown of Murray State. So I don't think there's much you could take out of that outside the the fact the defense got a shutout. A shutout is always good, especially when you're playing third, fourth, fifth string guys, and you're able to maintain that focus and energy and get that shutout. So I definitely give the defense props for that. Uh, But, you know, the thing I was going to say about the defense where where – you know, yes, is it true through the first three games Louisville's not getting to the quarterback and sacking the quarterback the way Yassir and Yaya and those guys were doing last year? That's true, but I'll also say this, is that all three of the teams that Louisville played to start this game pretty much had that same game plan. Of if they were going to pass the ball, it was going to be a, pretty much an immediate snap and we're going to try to throw that ball out of the backfield to either a, a, a quick out to a running back or a quick out to a wide receiver for a screen. There wasn't a lot of deep-throwing opportunities out there. Murray did a little bit of that in the uh, second half once the, the reserve guys were in the game. But for the most part, they've been super conservative, super quick passing game plan. So I think that has a part to do with the fact uh, you know, that there's not been a lot of sacks and a lot of pressures. Um, I've seen Ashton Jelotti in the backfield a lot. Um, I've seen uh, Jeff Clark, um, a guy who has basically come out of nowhere um, on the defensive line, playing a defensive tackle. He's been in the backfield a lot. Um, you know, I've seen a lot of good things in terms of what the defensive line, uh, you know, has been able to do. I just think that because of the style of offenses that we've seen so far, it hasn't resulted in the numbers. But Louisville has four, six turnovers in three games. That's an average of two turnovers per game. That's better than Louisville's done in a while in terms of turnovers forced. They have a total of six turnovers. They have three fumbles forced and three fumble recoveries, as well as three interceptions. So they've been very productive in the turnover game. Now they've given the ball away four times uh, via uh, four um, – excuse me, uh, it's, it's been via three – I believe it was three – no, excuse me, all four were interceptions. So, yes, you have four Jack Plummer interceptions – um, it, 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 you know, as well. So you would not like to see that that happen. Um, you know, of course, plumber. One of those you take away just because it was kind of the end of the end of the half Hail Mary. Um, you know that that gets picked off. So you know you, you don't necessarily want to see that. But still, three turnovers versus the six forced um, is a, is a nice turnover marching. Uh, it's good enough for top. 30 in the, in the nation so far. So, I mean, I think the defense is playing well. That's the one thing I think that we know about this team, Haven Harrington, through first three weeks. When you play two Power Five opponents, you play both of those games on the road. Um, if you're able to go out there and your defense plays good football, for the most part, I think you take that. Okay, so that that's one thing I know about this Louisville team is that Louisville has a good defense. Um, are they as good as last year? I can't say that because we just haven't seen the pressure. I think Ashton Gelati is definitely better than he was last year. But, uh, you know, I, I think that, you know, guys um, are still coming into their, own, into their own on that Louisville defense. So that's only going to go so far. I think T.J. Quinn has been outstanding. I love what I've seen from some of the safeties. Uh, Cam Kelly has done a very good job coming in for the injured M.J. Griffin. Griffin, Um, you know, we hopefully we'll get Josh Minkins back uh, soon as well. Devin Neal has done a great job. Both of those transfer guys coming in. Storm Duck has come in and done well. Jarvis Brownlee, he's been so good. I haven't even said – how many times have we said Jarvis Brownlee's name through three weeks, Haven Harrington?
1: None because, like, nobody throws in his direction. Nobody throws
0: his way. Like, I literally threw three games. Jarvis Brownlee, they have thrown the ball at him. I can only remember a couple times, two or three times where they've even thrown the ball in his direction through three games. So if you want to know how good Jarvis Brownlee has been to start this year, we've not really heard his name called at all because all these quarterbacks have stayed away from Jarvis Brownlee. They have basically decided they're either going to throw towards Quincy Riley's side or they're going to try to find where Devin Neal, Cam Kelly, or one of the safeties or linebackers are lined up on a guy, and they'll throw that ball. But Jarvis Brownlee has been Outstanding. So don't get it twisted. Just because you haven't really heard his name and he hasn't picked off a pass yet, it's not because he's, uh, you know, not doing his job or getting burned or anything. The young man is playing outstanding football. So I really like what the defense is doing. Um, you know, I think it was huge uh, the, the fact that, uh, you know, uh, the, the big guy, um, uh, Lole. Uh, Jermaine Lole played extensive snaps last week. Of course, he was the transfer that came over from Arizona State. uh, Was considered a guy who, you know, a lot of people thought was going to have the opportunity to be a top three draft pick out of Arizona State coming over from Louisville last year. Of course, he got injured in the first game and missed all of last year. He played minimal. He played limited snaps the first couple of weeks. He got in, but just playing a few snaps here and there. Let me tell you something, Haven. He played probably forty snaps against Indiana. And that is a wonderful sign. That's a wonderful sign of that he's that showing that he's healthy. Um, he's not been on any injury reports. There's not been anything brought out up about him being hurt. And if Jermaine Lole can continue to be productive, I mean, he was in the middle uh, when you talk about those uh, those defensive stands at the end of the game. Once Indiana came back and you know made it 21-14, Jermaine Lole was in the middle of a lot of those uh, you know those tough rundowns. Uh, you know, creating havoc. Uh, you know, getting tackles, um, just being in the mix. So just the fact that he's that, you know, come back and been that strong, I think that's you. So, Haven, I do think that the defense is good, okay? Um, Now, where we have the issues – on the offensive side of the ball. And I'm not talking about the wide receiver room because the wide receivers have been outstanding. Jamari Thrash has been the best. I understand everybody's so hyped about Keon Coleman. You know what I heard, Haven, today? I heard somebody, I don't know if it was this morning on sports radio or last night, but they they want to talk about how great and how amazing that Keon Coleman has been to start the year for Florida State. You know what he has in terms of total receptions, yards, and touchdowns on the year, Haven Harrington? What's that? He, now, he does have four touchdowns. That's pretty impressive. He has 170 yards on 12 receptions. That's like one game for Jamari Thrash just in terms of uh, his impact in, t- in terms of yardage. And about six, He's getting about six, seven, eight catches a game. And he only got the ball thrown to him basically one half versus Indiana. Uh, like, Jamari Thrash, if people think Keon Coleman has been pretty good for Florida State, then Jamari Thrash has been an All-American for the University of Louisville. So the wide receiver room is holding up there into the bargain. Um, definitely still looking for a tight end. Um, haven't seen that develop as of yet. I was hoping that Joey Gatewood would have uh, come up after a pretty, uh, you know, a nice play versus Murray State, but I didn't get to see much of Joey Gatewood. Uh, it was mu- much more of the, you know, Liftson and those guys, um, kind of the guys that are the better blockers and then, you know, kind of the more. Um, seasoned players, let's just say that, at the position. The running back room has been outstanding. Jawar Jordan, awesome. Jaws has been amazing. When he's got his hands on the ball. I believe he's got he's he's averaging over 140 all purpose yards per game.
1: Yeah, was he like the top-rated running back in the ACC yes. for a while there?
0: Yes, yeah, yeah. He, he's uh, the top-rated running back. I believe he's fourth in total yards right now, rushing yards. He's been outstanding. So I mean, the the running back room. What what I love what we have seen from uh, Maurice Turner. I love what we saw from uh, uh, Keywan Brown. Uh, you know, the freshman versus Murray State, even though, you know, that that was late in the game. So the running back room has been outstanding. Isaac Garendo, you know how much I love Isaac Garendo. I still think Louisville's best offensive setup is when you've had the four wide receivers out there and have Garendo in the backfield with Plummer, just because Garendo is such a powerful runner. When you spread that defense out and they're only able to keep four guys in the middle with safety help over the top because they have to respect those wide receivers, and you have Garendo running downhill, that is a very difficult alignment to stop. That is a super difficult lineup to stop, and Louisville has taken advantage of that. So I love what Isaac Garendo's been doing. The spot where Haven Harrington is the issue is at that quarterback position. At that quarterback position, I'm going to let you know, people, that through three games, I do not trust Jack Plummer. Now, I am not saying that to say that Jack Plummer can't get it done. I am not saying that to say that Jack Plummer has played bad through uh, through the three games. I am not saying that to say that Louisville cannot win with Jack Plummer because I do, in fact, think that Louisville can win with Jack Plummer, win big with Jack Plummer. I think that Louisville can accomplish all the goals that they have set in in front of them with Jack Plummer. What I'm going to tell you is through three games, watching him play, he has not earned my trust to where I just know going into the game that, that we're good at the quarterback position. Like, and, and I think that is where we have to see growth. The quarterback position in the Jeff Brown offense is the most important part of the team. I feel that from that quarterback position, it has always been a situation where his confidence, his moxie, his aggressiveness, um, that has been something that has spearheaded um, a Jeff Brom offense. That's also what spearheaded, a, a, you know, a Bobby Petrino offense, um, especially the first time around, as well as when Lamar was here. But that confidence and that leadership that's shown from that quarterback position resonates through the rest of the team, and it makes everybody run their routes crisper. It makes the, the, those guys block harder. It makes everybody go out there and jo- do their job a little bit better. And unfortunately, on this Louisville offense, the the shakiest part of this whole team has been the quarterback position. And I think that that has been one of the reasons that this Louisville team has been so inconsistent this year is because you haven't had that leader at the quarterback position that's been solid, that's made you know quick decisions and got that ball out of there on time and on target. And I think it's kind of slowed down the process and the progress of this offense. Haven Harrington, am I wrong?
1: I hate to agree with you, but, yeah, I 100% agree with you. I mean, it's just Jack hasn't been the quarterback we thought he would be when he got here, right? You're thinking, you're getting a senior, a guy who's played at Purdue. He lost a starting job to walk on, but, you know, he still played with Jeff, has an idea what Jeff wants. Um, he started at Cal. Yeah, Cal had a horrible season, but he know he had some pretty good numbers. Yes, so you're so you're thinking to yourself, okay, you know we we got an experienced guy, you know, and he he has doing. pretty
0: good numbers at Louisville.
1: Yeah, and he has good numbers, but his his main issue. I mean, is look, that look, he, look
0: at his his numbers, Haven Harrington, and then I'll let you continue. Forty-seven of 76, 61 percent completions. He has uh, seven hundred and thirty-two yards passing, five touchdowns, uh, four interceptions though, uh, and he's also you know running the ball. He has twenty-one carries for ninety-eight yards. I mean, the interception number is, is higher than you'd like, but other than that, the numbers look good.
1: The numbers look good, but once you start watching the film is when you notice, and especially like when you're, when you're at a game and you kind of see the whole field. Yes. Then you notice that he's, he sees guys late. And then when he does throw the ball, a lot of times the ball is a little bit behind him, which makes guys have to stop, come back for the ball, which, you know, ruins like what they could have been, like, super big gains to yes. a minimal gain. Yes. And it's just the late, the underthrown balls.
0: Underthrown ball to, to, to Kevin Coleman. Underthrown ball to Jamari Thrash. He has to wait on it. Gets tackled by Indiana.
1: Cause, yeah, cause cost he was wide open. It cost, both times easy touchdown
0: Late throw to Kevin Coleman. It bounces off his, his shoulder pads and gets intercepted by Indiana. That should have never been thrown because it was in the double coverage and it was late. <laughs> like those types of things That that has been like on the short and intermediate Passing Jack has been pretty good um, He was he was kind of errant with those Throws in the um, Georgia Tech Game.
1: We noticed in the Georgia Tech game They almost stopped crossing routes altogether Which is a staple of Jeff Brom's offense Yes. And everything he started to throw was Outside the numbers to make it a little bit more comfortable But for,
0: but for, for Jack But for I Jack. think after that I think in the Murray State game and in the Indiana game The short intermediate passing game got a lot better but where he was still struggling mightily is in the deep part of the field. And that's a big part of the Jeff Brown offense. I mean, because Jeff runs a lot of deep chunk plays down the field because of the, the way he sets up the route tree. Um, he takes advantage of his guys' abilities. And when you talk about Kevin Coleman and you talk about Jamari Thrash, you have two, as well as Amari Huggins-Bruce, you have some excellent route runners with guys who have the ability to gain separation. But when they gain that separation, the ball needs to be there. Once they've separated, if you get that ball and get them in stride, you have what we had, you know, with Jamari Thrash taking a couple of those and housing them for 70-plus yards. But the, the problem is, more times than not, those passes haven't been on time. Has he hit a few of them? Yes. But I would argue, Haven, what would you say? That he should have at least
1: three or four more long touchdowns? Oh, easy. But the thing is, and I think what a lot of us miss, it's because of the inaccuracy in the Georgia Tech game. And kind of trying to get it back, to Murray State is that I think you see Jeff Brom kind of changes play calling. Yeah, and he's running the ball a lot more than what Jeff Brom would normally run the ball. Oh, absolutely.
0: Oh, and, and a that whole and lot that, more. Th- that that was that was going to be my next point is that you know because a I said I don't trust Jack Plummer. I know that Coach Brom has come out and said all the right things, and he loves him, and you know that Jack just needs to calm down, and he just he wants to win, so you know, so badly that it's caused him to make some mistakes. But, you know, I know that 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 Coach says out of his mouth that he trusts him, but by his play calling and the way he's called games, how conservative he's been, how conservative Louisville was in the second half versus Indiana, that shows me that I don't know that Coach trusts him completely because – Jeff is a guy who, if he has a guy that he knows is humming and getting it done, he's going to call plays to take advantage of what the defense is giving him. But what I've seen is Jeff Brown do a lot more of run first down, run second down, pass when I got to, maybe dial up a, a play here or there to see if we can hit something over the top just so we can hit it. But it's been, this has been by far the most conservative Jeff Brown play calling that I've seen since probably his first year at Purdue. When he really didn't have the guys yet, um, you know, it has been a super conservative game plan, and, and that's why I know that that you know I know why Jack is the starter, and I still think that he's the best guy for the job, and I understand um, and, and believe that that Coach Brom definitely believes that Jack is the, gives Louisville the best opportunity to win. I agree with him on all those accounts, but I also think that he's calling a much more conservative game plan because. He's seeing that Jack just isn't there yet, and he just hasn't gotten that thing kicked up and that engine running at full RPMs. You were talking about Haven hey, Harrington, the car that you that that you saw that wasn't hitting those RPMs, and once it got to a certain level, you were trying to you were testing out test driving the car, and once it got to those RPMs, it just kind of stalled out. and Said, "No, nah, bruh, that's it. That's Jack Plummer. Like Jack Plummer, he hits a certain amount of RPMs in that Louisville offense." And it's like, yeah, that's all I got for you. <laughs> that's kind of been the way he's played quarterback so far. So, you know, I, I will say that I, I am I'm not worried because I believe that the combination of this Jeff Brom offense and this Louisville defense is a good enough combi- combination to where games like Indiana, games like Georgia Tech, games like today at Boston College, I think that Louisville should have enough to get it done. But what we're looking for is going on the road to NC State. Now, did NC State almost lose to Virginia last night? Absolutely.
1: Is Virginia got awful?
0: Virginia did everything they could to give that game away once they had the opportunity to tie. They tied the ball game at 21-all with less than a minute left get two personal foul penalties. They get a personal foul penalty on the two-point conversion, which they needed to tie the game, and they their quarterback was able to figure out a way to throw a 17-yard two-point conversion try to tie that game at 21-all. And you know what they did right after they did that Haven Harrington? What's that? Another personal foul penalty on the two-point play, another unsportsmanlike penalty, and you know Virginia had to basically kick off from the 20-yard line. And guess what happens? NC State returns the ball past the 50 on the kickoff because of a stupid penalty, and NC State ends up kicking a field goal to win the game. Just losing teams do losing crap. But that's an NC State team that while they did not play their best ball versus a god-awful Virginia team, that's still going to be a very difficult place to play. Louisville has not done – they've had inconsistent results going on the road to Raleigh. So that's a big game next week. That's, a, that's one of those 50-50 games that coming into the year people said, okay, you got to get through these first games, first four games, 4 now." Oh. Okay, when we looked at the schedule, we said Georgia Tech, Murray State, Boston College, um, uh, Indiana, We got to win those four games if we want to have the type of season that you know we said that eight and four is the is the uh, the floor and then we can look at maybe nine and three, ten and two. Well, NC State is one of those first games that tells you if you're going to have an opportunity to get to that nine and three or that ten and two. And while I have confidence in going out there today against the Eagles and taking care of business. Going on the road, this is why what, at what Jack Plummer does every game, I am looking at it with an eye towards NC State. I'm looking at it with an eye towards Notre Dame. I'm looking at it with an eye towards Duke. Okay, with an eye towards Kentucky at the end of the year, even though they've played like crap. Shout out Devin Leary. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, the, now, hold hold up.
1: but before you get going, that Duke game, good Lord, looks a lot more menacing than it did when we looked at it on hey, the schedule.
0: I'm telling you, and, and that right there, like, I know y'all y'all hate it when I get critical and harsh because y'all know that I always tell it like it is. When I say, you know, I'm not trusting Jack, I'm just being honest. Now, like, that's the one thing that that Haven Harrington, I, I said, told Card Nation when I started doing radio, I was always going to be honest. And right now, y'all have to tell me. Give me a text in 502-414-1450. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Do you trust Jack Plummer? What do you think about Louisville right now? What do you think about their prospects for today? But I tell you what, when we get back, we're going to get more into this. We're going to get more into what Louisville needs to happen. We're going to talk about Thomas Castellano and what the impact he's going to have on this game for Boston College and much, much more. You are listening to Wake Up 502. Rashad Myers, Haven Heritage. This is Big Big X Sports Radio, 96.1 FM, and we'll be back. not normal style but you know me i always have to find a theme for the show so would you like to know how why how or why i picked this song out why this is midnight rambler by the rolling stones this is an old rolling stones joint this is like from back back in the day (laughs) but uh in in looking for because i i I am channeling my uh my inner trevor kelsey right now and and in in looking for songs about Eagles songs about Boston. I found this song and here's what we here's what they say about Mid- Midnight Rambler. Midnight Rambler is a song by the Rolling Stones that is loosely inspired by Albert, De, uh, Albert DeSalvo, better known as the Boston Strangler. <laughs> so they wrote a the Rolling Stones wrote a song about the Boston Strangler, so you know, in celebrating the fact that Boston college is in town, we went with the Midnight Rambler. So that that, that was my story behind that one. I just thought that was entertaining. It's like the Boston Strangler. Like, that's hilarious. I love it. I love it. But welcome in back in. This is Wake Up 502. This is your boy, Rashawn Myers, Haven Harrison in studio. studio. Um, unfortunately, once again, uh, the, uh, ca- the call-in line is down. No Wake Up 502 buzz line today. The only way you can get involved today is via the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Make sure you get out there to, you know, all of the – 862,000 local uh, Thornton's locations for the best in drinks, in gas, in goodies, everything you need for the road. They have it there at Thornton's. They have some of the best donuts uh, anywhere at Thornton's. So, uh, you know, make sure you go out there to Thornton's, take care of them, and tell them Big X Radio sent you. Uh, But uh, we are back here. We are discussing Cardinal Football, University of Louisville, uh, at home, back in the comfy confines of the Fed, l and Federal Credit Union Stadium. You know what that means. <laughs> you that's... know what that means what What, what, what does that mean? tailgate time, baby. That's right. That's right. Come on out today. You can meet the Wake Up 502 crew uh, out there. We are set up at the Collision Course Tailgate right behind El Napao on Crittenden Drive. Uh, Used to be formerly Cardinal Hall of Fame Cafe. Come on out there. We will be tailgating. There's going to be music. There's going to be free food uh, brought to you by the good folks at the Granville Pub. Shout out to the Granville Pub. Make sure you go out there. Utilize the Granville Pub for your pregame, postgame, and just any day celebrations. They have have wonderful food, great environment, all the the frosty beverages you could want um, out there. Uh, at the Granville. They set up the tent. You'll see the Granville tent out there. They're going to have the food there. They have some giveaways. They have goodies. And of course, we'll be doing our pre-game, our live pregame show there from about yeah, 1.30 to 2.30. We usually go to about an hour before kick uh, before we get on in there. Um, but come on out. Say hello to us. Uh, we'd, we'd love to chat it up with you um, and, and talk about the, the game. We can talk about Louisville basketball if you want to get that off your chest. We had some uh, at the, the Murray State tailgate, Haven Harrington had some fans just kind of venting about everything going on with the basketball program. So, you know, it it, it was funny even during the football tailgate that, you know. Basketball still found a way in.
1: <laughs> well, you know, obviously, because we had Peyton was stop by our tailgate. Absolutely.
0: You know, like I said, anytime, and it was funny because I knew Peyton was in the area, but I didn't see him. But he actually came up and patted me on the shoulder. It was like, hey, what's up, man? That's like when a national championship point guard for the University of Louisville actually, you know, reaches out and says, what's up to me because I didn't see him. Makes you feel good, Haven Harrington. So, you know, Peyton was there. He was sitting there chatting with the fans and smiling. I think he may have took some pictures. You know, he's always just in a jovial mood and always very, very excited. So happy to have him back in the city um, and involved. Uh, so, yeah, definitely Peyton was there. Um, I know he's doing a lot of good, great things in the city. So come by. You never know who's going to up. Uh, stop by and, and pop into the tailgate. So come on out there. We'll be out there um, from 1 to 3, definitely. Um, like I said, usually the show we do from around one thirty to 2.30. We usually do it an hour. Uh, we start the pregame about two hours prior to the, to the game. But
1: come on through because the Granville is going to supply all our listeners with some free pulled pork, baby.
0: Oh, boy. I need me some pulled pork in my life. They had the chicken wings uh, for, for the Murray State game. They're going with the pulled pork today.
1: Oh, and wait until Notre Dame comes to town.
0: Oh, boy. I cannot wait. I cannot wait. Like this, this tailgate, you know, the, look, like, like I said, the, the biggest thing that I love about both main event sports and Wake Up 502 um, is, is that we always love to get involved. And, and we are probably going to be more involved this year than we ever have been uh, in terms of uh, fan experience and, and fan engagement. Um, you know, and we love that. We love to get out. I had somebody tell me, you know that you know the first thing somebody said to me, Haven Harrington when I walked up to the tailgate against Murray State? Hey, look, is there's the most hated journalist or media guy in Louisville. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was me.
0: That was that that, <laughs> that 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 was that was the first thing I got met with, y'all, is that, that, you know, I'm the most hated guy uh in 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 Louisville media right now. Took over the, the, the banner from uh, you, you know, from, from, from coach, you know, uh, but you know what? It's fine. You know, Jerry Eves, you know, coach Eves had, had had that mantle for the last few years, but apparently now I'm the most hated media guy because of my critical commentary on the university of Louisville basketball team, but it's fine. It's all good. I don't mind. <laughs> but that was just funny. That was the first thing I got, but I'm like, you know what? It's fine. It's all good. I love it you like it, I love it. I, I want you to come out. I want you to be a part of it. You can tell me I'm ridiculous. You can agree with me and tell me I'm great. I prefer that. But if, if not, I don't mind. I like talking about it. So, you know, I, I like to get involved. So come on out to the tailgate. We will be there. Come out to the Collision Course tailgate. Big shout out to Collision Course. They have an amazing setup. Like the Collision Course setup is second to none. Uh, you know that they have the setup with with the food, and they have the music. They even have like a dance floor. <laughs> like the, the their whole deal over there is ridiculous. So I would love to see you guys out there um, to come be a part of that. But Haven, um, I know you may be running uh, out of here a little shortly after the top of the hour. So I definitely want to want to discuss this with you. Now we talked about the fact that it, it definitely seems like um, you know Jeff Brom has kind of I don't want to say neutered his offense. <laughs> But he's definitely been a lot more conservative. Uh, He's leaned on that running game a lot more. We've seen a lot of Jawar Jordan. We've seen a lot of Maurice Turner. We've seen a lot lot of Isaac Garendo, especially in the second half of games. Isaac Garendo, you know, it's been interesting because Jawar Jordan has been kind of the home run hitter early in games or in spots. But, like, the workhorse guy, it seems to me that Isaac Grindo has been that dude. Like, Jordan has more total carries um, than, than, uh, than Grindo does. Garendo has 22 carries compared to Jordan's 32. Um, but it seems like when the game has gotten late or, you know, you need those tough yards, grindo has been the guy. Um, what would you expect to see today? Now, of course, you're coming in. You have a Boston College team that came in and put a scare into Florida State last week. They had an opportunity there. Um, You know, Thomas Castellano did his best Lamar Jackson impersonation, throwing for 300 yards, running for 95 yards, Um, four total touchdowns in that game. It was all over the place. A, you know, this is also a a Boston College team that is one and two on the season. Um, they were life and death to beat, you know, for their one win to beat Holy Cross. Okay, they lost to Northern Illinois to start the year. And Castellano, just for people that to, that think, well, did T- Castellano just start playing against Florida State? Is this a guy situation where this guy came off the bench and just lit him up? So now Boston College has his fire No, Castellano's been the starting quarterback all year. He was the starting quarterback when they lost to Northern Illinois. He was the starting quarterback when they almost lost to Holy Cross. Okay? So, what I ask you Haven Harrington is, um do you think that they can take this Castellano magic that he had versus Florida State and almost pulling that upset um, at home up in Chestnut Hill? Is that something that they can carry into this game? Or do you think that was a situation where Florida State just pulled a Florida State not really paying attention and almost got caught and found a way to win, but you don't want to read too much into it? Like, What's Boston College going to carry into this game?
1: My gut tells me don't read too much into it. Yeah, I believe Florida State was looking forward to playing. What they? I think they played Clemson today. Yes,
0: they they traveled to Clemson. Yeah,
1: so I think Florida State was was squarely on taking out the 800 pound gorilla in the ACC and asserting their dominance as the top school in the ACC. And I think uh, Boston College caught them slipping. But that's the thing about schools like Boston College. If you overlook them, they can catch you slipping. But because he put the fear of god in the Florida State. I don't think Louisville's gonna overlook Boston College. So I, I think I think they get like a little bit more of a serious effort. I'm not saying Florida State didn't give, you know, Boston College a serious effort, but I honestly believe that Florida State has kind of overlooked Boston College, waiting right? the Clemson's thinking, eh, it's Boston College. We can give them like a C game. <clears throat> we can halfway prep. You know, uh we can do all those Tennessee versus Kentucky things when Phil Fulmer's there. And for those who don't know what I'm referring to, we have Montreal – Jones online, for those who don't know, he played at Tennessee before he transferred to Louisville. <laughs> yes. And he told us this whole story about how Phil Former in Tennessee would not practice Kentucky week. <laughs> they would just show up and play the game for uh, Kentucky. I,
0: I remember that interview. That's still hilarious. That he they, just...
1: they gave them, like, no respect at <laughs> all.
0: Yes. Montrell did say that live on our airways, <laughs> that they just literally didn't practice Kentucky week. <laughs> that's still the most hilarious thing I've ever heard. It's like, yeah, we didn't take, we didn't, really, we didn't game plan for Kentucky. We were just kind of running through our own stuff and yeah, just kind of, you know, it's Kentucky. We like yeah, we, we don't really need to watch film on those guys. Golly, and Kentucky thinks that's a rivalry. They 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 believe that like Tennessee, Kentucky is like a big rivalry.
1: <clears throat> well, that's because uh, they're always trying to get rid of playing Louisville, which I understand. <laughs> I, I get it completely, especially like if the if the uh, SEC goes like the nine conference games, whatever, they'll do everything that power to drop the Louisville game. Like,
0: oh, absolutely, everything. absolutely. But, but I tell you what, I mean the one thing I see the, the common thread I see against Boston in Boston colleges three games they gave up thirty one points to Florida State, they gave up twenty eight points to Holy Cross, they gave up twenty seven points to Northern Illinois. Their defense has not played well at all. Um, and and I think that bodes very well for Louisville. I think that as long as we don't have any goofy holding penalties or any goofy blocking in the back penalties, I would expect that we're going to see Jarr Jordan break off a couple. I think that we could definitely see um, you know, Jamari Thrash break at least one, if not two, long ones as well. This has definitely been a Boston College team that has not been, you know, I know for the last uh, several years when Boston College has been good, it's kind of been that formula of have a tough defense, have a running game, and try to keep those games in that 14-10, 17-14 Types of games. But, you know, the fact that they've given up at least 27 points in every game tells me that this is a team, and that's not against, I mean, you're not talking about power fives. You're talking about low majors outside of playing Florida State in the third game. So, you know, you're not talking about elite teams and they still haven't been able to stop. Uh, stop these teams. So when you have Jawar Jordan, when you have Jamari Thrash, I would fully expect that Louisville's going to be able to put up points. And the question is, is Holy Cross going to be able – is Castellano going to be able to just kind of run around and, you know, do whatever he wants? Now, Haven, this is a question that I have. Castellano's a guy who, you know, likes to win with his legs. Um, He wants to, you know, run around and get outside the pocket and do a bunch of crazy stuff out there and just kind of backyard football, Doug Flutie style. Um, that's how he likes to play. You know, of course, Floody played at Boston College, so that, that makes sense. Um, but, you know, in this game, what do you think the best formula is for Louisville to win? Like, we've seen Jeff be very conservative with his blitz calls. Um, I've loved the fact that they've played press coverage on the outside with their cornerbacks. It's almost like he's playing a hybrid of what we saw under Crack, uh, not Lord, not Cracked or Satterfield. Um, in terms of he's only rushing four and maybe bringing a fifth guy sometimes. But, you know, the difference between the way Satterfield called his defense and, you know, of course, Brown, is that they kept the cornerbacks about 10, 10 yards off, where Louisville was playing press coverage on the outside with their corners, and, but still only being conservative with the pass rush. Um, And I've liked that because it's kind of helped from doing that thing where over and over again they're throwing a three-yard out and turning it to a seven, eight-yard, ten-yard gain because you're playing too far off. But with a young quarterback and a guy who's just kind of running around and doing the backyard thing, do you think it's better to send pressure and get pressure into his face, or would you like to continue to see them play kind of the press shell coverage on the outside and only send four guys after him? Uh,
1: You know, I'm always in favor of blitzing from the tunnel. I, I've always been that guy to be aggressive. Uh, you always put pressure on the quarterback. Put pressure on the quarterback because once the quarterback gets happy, feed everything else becomes easy. Yeah. And, uh, you know, my thing is, as well I thought they should have done against Georgia Tech. Bring five, leave a spot. Yeah. So in case he gets loose, you got somebody back there, that can, they can kind of keep those gains to, to minimal gains. I don't believe there's anybody... Yeah, they didn't
0: do that against Taven Jackson. Taven Jackson killed Louisville with scrambles. The same thing with the Georgia Tech quarterback where they were only sending four but they weren't spying the QB and the QB, when they were able to make some plays, it was like a 20 or 30 yard scramble because they didn't have a spy on the quarterback.
1: Yeah, just put a spy on the QB rush your four, every now and then bring five to bring pressure and uh, I think you go home with an easy W. I mean... I don't want to discount Boston College because he did put the the fear of everything into Florida State, and Florida State's a darn good team this year, a very very good team this year. Yeah, but with that being said,
0: that game was in Boston, and this is their first okay, trip. For,
1: for, stop that. Stop. First of all, I don't care if it was in Boston. <laughs> we both well, know. We both know Boston College <laughs> play, playing in Boston College is isn't exactly. No, you're uh, right. A murderous role with their 4, I, I, no, no no fans no no. I, I wasn't
0: necessarily talking about the fan you know the fan engagement, but I'm saying that Boston College at least was comfortable at home. This would be their first road game. This will be the first time that they go away from Chestnut Hill and get out of the comfy confines and go on the road. Is what I'm saying is. I'm not looking at it from the Florida State having trouble because of the raucous Boston College the, <laughs> environment. The, the Three
1: thousand raucous <laughs> Boston College fans <laughs> attending
0: No no. I was just saying it from the side of Boston College. Boston College has not had to leave their home. Um, stadium, and they haven't li- had to leave the, the the home locker rooms. This is going to be their first trip out on the road. So that also plays in Louisville's favor. Say, favor that this is the first time that Boston College is playing and away from home. Boston
1: College did beat us last year. Yeah. Well, no, I take that back. <laughs> Zay Flowers. Zay Flowers beat us beat last, us last year. year.
0: Yes. Yes. He's that. He's the. He was the dude that had the the wallet had bad mofo on it in his pocket. Pretty much.
1: <laughs> That's exactly what he was.
0: That's so why I was so excited when the Baltimore Ravens drafted him. Man, he just did you see that catch? Them. Did you see that catch he had against the uh, Cincinnati Bengals last <laughs> week? Like, that was literally like the Louisville game last year. Two dudes out there, just throw it up anyway, and Zay's going to come down with it versus two defenders.
1: I mean, Zay has continued. With what he did in college, he's, he's continuing to pro. It's amazing. Man. He has become the Ravens' number one wide receiver. As Absolutely. we all
0: predicted. Already. And Odell's already hurt on sideline.
1: As we all predicted.
0: <laughs> uh, but no, but no, I, I agree with you. So all right, so so I know we're 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 hitting close to the top of the hour. So um I know you're gonna be running soon. Um but 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 so so tell me what what, what is the what is the key to the game? Who is the MVP and, and what's your score? I just want to get that from you
1: before you get out of here. Key to the game. Jorard Jordan. Can he continue that <clears throat> his his epic pace at running back? If he does, Louisville gets a good easy win. Uh, I really don't expect too much from Boston College's secondary. Uh, Looking for, I think, Louisville to get a little bit more pressure. I believe you're going to see Louisville open up the offenses a little bit more this game because I believe they're tuning up NC State Notre Dame. So I would not be surprised to see him take some deep shots, take at least about four or five good deep shots this game to kind of lose some of that Boston College defense and let the running backs run wild.
0: So so, who's the number two guy? Because we, we Jamari Thrash has by far established himself as the number one guy. but And we thought that, you know, Jimmy Calloway got the first shot at it, but he's kind of been inconsistent. It would have to be Coleman, wouldn't We've it? We've seen Huggins-Bruce do a little. We've seen Coleman do a little. You know, we now have Jaden Thompson back. He had his first action up in Indianapolis. That was his first action. But we haven't seen that number two guy really establish himself as know, of yet. Right
1: but, now I would say it's Coleman. It's, it's the number two receiver.
0: Okay. Okay, uh,
1: and I think he, I think he would been definitely number two if he didn't drop that uh, wide open. It wasn't wide open, but
0: it was uh, it was something.
1: It, he, <laughs> they bought him right in the chest. It did. And it it would have been, and he would have fell back into the end zone for a touchdown. And it I
0: did. Think, it did. That's true.
1: Yeah, but if I, it wasn't for a couple untimely drops by Coleman. I think he would definitely be. I number mean, two. to
0: to my point, Jamari Thrash has fourteen receptions, uh, three hundred twenty nine yards, and four touchdowns. Um double what Keon Coleman's done at Florida State, but I digress. Um, <laughs> uh, but Kevin Coleman has six catches. Isaac Garendo has six catches. And Mari-, Mari Huggins-Bruce has eight catches. And then you have a couple other guys, Jawar Jordan and Jimmy Callaway with five apiece. So, I mean, that's what I'm talking about. Like, you literally have Jamari Thrash kind of establish himself at the top. But, you know, I guess Coleman with his, his six catches and Huggins-Bruce with eight catches, those are the other two guys. But both of those are kind of more slot guys. You know, I guess I'm looking for maybe that. That maybe that other threat on the outside. Well, you know, the thing is, opposite
1: they they tried to get the ball deep to Coleman. It's just that he's had
0: a dropsies. couple of drops.
1: Yeah, drops. But it, but, it, but he has been open, and I've gotten a ball to him. But I he's mean, just had a, a couple of uh, untimely drops.
0: Is that where maybe maybe Jaden Thompson's going to have an opportunity um, now that he's back
1: healthy? Like He'll have it, the opportunity, but I, you know, because he was been but, pretty <laughs> slick with his uh with with the screen game. Yeah, and, and slipping Grindo out the backfield on wheel routes. So uh, I I was still looking for some more of that, some more screen games, some more you know watching Grindel come out the the backfield on the, on the wheel routes and catching the ball because he has running backs they can catch and he's going to use them. Okay,
0: okay, very well. Well, Haven Harrison, give me a final score and then we we're we gonna uh, get you on out of here,
1: as you would say, uh, Doctor Myers, the good guys, thirty five, Boston College Eagles. 17.
0: I like it. There you have it. i uh, 3517. I like it, Haven Harrington. I'm gonna save my, my prediction for a little bit later, but but I appreciate that. Uh we are well past the top of the hour, so we're gonna go ahead and get to our next break. Uh you are listening to Wake Up 502. This is 96.1 FM. Haven Harrington, Rashawn Myers. We'll be back on the Big X. Of course, we're still taking your text as well. the Thorns text line. We'd love to hear from you next. If you're playing Boston music, I better hear
1: Jump by House of Pain.
0: I like it. I like it. You know what? Haven Harrington, that's why you're the man, the myth, the legend. This is Rashawn Myers, and we'll be back on Wake Up 502. Welcome back in, welcome back in. Hour number two of Wake Up 502, Big X Sports Radio, 96.1 FM. This is your boy, Rashawn Myers. Thanks to Haven Harrington uh, for coming through. Uh, he had to head on out. He's got some things to get together before um, he gets back out and gets ready for the tailgate. Of course, that tailgate will be coming to you live. From the collision course tailgate right behind El Nepal on Crittenden Drive, uh, we will be out there one to three, getting you ready, counting you down to kickoff for Louisville Boston College. Hope to see you guys out there. Free food, free giveaways. Thanks to the good folks at the Granville Pub. Make sure you get out to the Granville Pub uh, and check out all the good things they have doing, have going out there. Haven did break the news that they will have pulled pork. Uh, for all the Cardinal fans or even the Boston College fans. Boston College fans, you are more than welcome to come out and be a part of the tailgate as well. Come on out, get you some pulled pork, get you some giveaways. Meet me, meet Haven Harrington, meet Joe Kelly. And all the good folks out there. Uh, once again, do apologize that the, the call-in line is down. Um, if you did not hear that announcement earlier, the uh, Wake Up 502 Buzz line is not available. So if you want to get involved in the show, the best way to get involved is through um, the text line. That's 502 That is the Thornton's text line. Would love to hear your thoughts On there, Of course, uh, we are getting you ready. Uh, Had a lot of great conversation in that first hour, uh, breaking down my thoughts on the University of Louisville through the first three weeks of the season as well as getting you ready for Boston College. Um, Haven Harrington gave his thoughts as well as the score, and I definitely want to expound upon that. Uh, But before I do, uh, we do have a a text in to the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Texter says, "Um, just showed Jordan Travis of Florida State when he was uh, in a Cardinals uniform. Uh what if uh guardless go cards. Uh PS agree on all points. Well, first of all, thank you for agreeing because I I feel like we're pretty intelligent and saying smart things. So, thank you for agreeing with us. And yeah, Jordan Travis, um that kid uh you know, to hear that he almost quit football um after tra- uh, you know, transferring to Florida State, I guess he didn't have a great start of it. Um, I'm glad he stuck it out. I'm glad to see him doing well. I don't cheer for the Seminoles, but I definitely every, – every time Travis gets out there and plays well, um, I like to see him do do well. Um, I, I don't hold any ill will against him uh, leaving. Uh, I would have loved to see him stay and challenge Malik Cunningham for that starting quarterback role. Um, but, you know, I, I think he made a, a, the right decision. I mean, he's doing well. Florida State is, is you know, a, a – uh, top five team, and he is a Heisman candidate right now. So, uh, you know, big ups to Jordan. Uh, you know, I, I wish you luck in every game except for if you play Louisville in the uh, ACC championship game. <laughs> so I'll just put it like that. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, I, where I'm at right here with this this Louisville team, I, I agree with Haven on a lot of the points that he said earlier. I think that Castellano, um, I think – that the worst thing you can do for a quarterback like him is allow him to get comfortable passing the ball. Um, That was one of the issues that I had with a lot of the Satterfield game plans when he was here. Um, Before that last year... Uh, And the defensive line uh, with Yassir and Yaya really started to get pressure with that four-man pressure and was able to get to the quarterback and get him down. One of the issues with rushing four is unless you just have individually talented guys, it's really hard to get to a quarterback when you're basically rushing four on five every down. Um, you like to have uneven numbers or have unblocked guys that come through because that hurries up the quarterback's uh, you know, reads and he has to make quick, uh, quicker decisions and quicker throws before he wants to. Um, and the, the, the issue with bringing forward with a guy like Castellano is if you allow a guy who's more of a scam, scrambler to get comfortable um, and get confidence, then what ends up happening is they, they, they hit the little dinks and dunks first, but then once they get the confidence, then they're going further downfield and they're, they're, they're making more plays and they're, they're getting out there. I have always believed, and I agree with Haven, getting out there, sending five. Uh, you know, sending guys from from different spots to where, you know, the quarterback doesn't get that opportunity to get comfortable. Um, now you do have the opportunity when you flush a guy like that or when you pressure him and get him out of the pocket, you do have the opportunity to where if that pressure doesn't get there or guys don't say stay gap sound and allow him to, to, to break that contain, then he can get out there and, and burn you for 20 or 30 yards. Um but I think it's better to keep him uncomfortable and get him out of there because what you don't want to do is get him in a rhythm passing and now you have to go to more of a zone look because, he, you know, he's hitting guys left and right and now you've left up open running lanes and now he's getting whatever he wants. He's getting the pass where he wants to get the pass and then he's getting – runs when the pass is not there, when he can pull down because you're playing zone coverage. So I, I think mixing up the defenses is going to be very important. I still love the fact that Louisville is playing press coverage on the outside. Quincy Riley and Jarvis uh, Brownlee have done an excellent job as well as Devin Neal with pressing up on those guys, pressing up on the, on these slot guys and really putting the, the pressure on those guys to make them beat them over the top. And for the most part, Louisville's not gotten burned outside um, uh, of the kid last week, got the, the the lineup on the linebacker and pulled his best TJ TY Hilton and went over the top and got the touchdown but outside of that Louisville's not really gotten burned deep much Um, so you know I I like what they're doing in the secondary I like what they're doing on the outside especially like I said with the loss of MJ Griffin and uh, the fact that Josh Minkins has not been available for the last couple of games Louisville secondary is playing very very well Uh, Cam Kelly is doing an excellent job um, as well as the rest of the guys in the Louisville defensive secondary so uh, they need to continue that I am a big believer in the Louisville defense I think Louisville Louisville has one of the better defenses in the ACC. Yes, they aren't getting as many pressures and many sacks as what they've had uh, had last year, of course, and where they led the nation in sacks. But I, I again, think that a lot of that's based on the game plan. If, you know, Everybody knew that Louisville had a very good defense last year. They knew they had a great pass rush. So I think that's been a big part of the game plan is basically to snap that ball and get that ball out inside of three seconds Um, and that's been a lot of what we've seen teams haven't necessarily held onto the ball very long, but I've seen guys in the backfield, I've seen Jermaine Lole in the backfield, I've seen Jeff Clark in the backfield I've seen Ashton Gelati in the backfield I've seen a lot of these guys making the quarterback you know, run around and do things, so I think that the pressure is getting there, I just think it's not uh, materializing in the numbers because these quarterbacks have been drilled to get that ball out of there and get away from it because we saw the one-time that the Georgia Tech quarterback held on to the ball, what happens? He holds the ball for that extra pat, he gets hit, forced fumble, Louisville gets the ball back, game over. Um, so, you know, we've seen when that quarterback has to hold that ball for more than, you know, three, four five seconds that the Louisville uh, defense has been there. So I don't think it's a fact that they're not getting pressure. I just think that the numbers aren't there. And, you know, unless you're not watching the games and just reading stats, people can come out and read stats and say, oh, well, the Louisville pass rush is in there. And that's not true. The Louisville pass rush has been there. Louisville's been able to hurry these guys, but the game plan has dictated that these guys are getting rid of the ball very, very quickly. Um, So I I like the Louisville defense. I think they're in a good spot. But the all-outs are going to be on the offense. I I think that the defense is going to make things hard on Castellanos. Um, I don't think that he's going to just be able to run willy-nilly, especially because now you've got Louisville's attention. The fact that you go out there, you knock uh not knock off Florida State, but you give Florida State all that they want in a twenty nine thirty one loss. Um, you're not going to sneak up on Louisville this week, um so I think that you got the Cardinals' attention. I think that the Cardinals are going to go out there um and really, really try to put their best foot forward. but I want to see Jack Plummer see if he can give me a little bit more confidence because i as I said earlier in the show, um I'm not really trusting Jack Plummer right now um I, I don't trust him. Uh, the way that I think that you should be able to trust the quarterback in a Jeff Brown offense. I, I just think that he's a little shaky. Has he done good enough to get it, uh, get the job done and get the three wins? Yes. Uh, but he's not shown me the confidence and he's not shown me the consistency. Like He still looks like a young quarterback the way he's seeing these guys late down the field open and just trying to wing balls down there late uh, when those balls should have already been in the air because he should have seen those guys coming open and let that ball go 10 or ten or 15 yards earlier into that guy's route. Um, you know, those types of things where he's not able to hit Jamari in stride and he's not able to hit Kevin Coleman in stride, he's not able to hit Amari Huggins-Bruce in stride, um, has caused some issues. So I, I want to see that confidence. I want to see him getting, out, getting that ball out with velocity on time uh, and making those plays. Um, now, we did see, you know, it's not all necessarily on him. There were definitely some drops. We talked about the interception caused by Kevin Coleman, the ball hitting him in the chest. Uh, even uh, Jamari Thrash had a, a drop in the second half of that game uh, last week. So, you know, it's definitely not all on Jack. But as I said, I think that the fact that Jack is a little shaky, I think the fact that he's not necessarily the most confident, I think that, that you know, dri- uh, that dri- dribbles, uh, you know, drips down um, drizzles down to the rest of the offense. I think that because your quarterback's a little bit shaky, maybe everybody else is just a little bit off because maybe, you know, now Jamari's thinking, well, maybe I should slow down my route so Jack can see, see me. Or maybe I need to, you know, cut this off a little bit short because maybe he underthrew the last one or threw the last one behind me. And you can't have your guys thinking about having to adjust what they're doing because maybe they don't trust what the quarterback's doing. Um, So I I think that it's very, very important that Jack come out there, show that confidence and show that he can be the leader and take control of the team and take control of the offense and go out there and make the play so everybody has 100 percent confidence that they can run their routes full speed, that they can go out there and be confident. And as long as I do my job, if I'm open, he's going to hit me. Um, that's the confidence you need in a a Jeff Brom offense. And I just haven't seen that. Jeff Brom, it's even materialized, as I said, in his play calling, that he has been much more conservative uh, than I ever thought I'd see um, a a, a Brom offense be. And I think it's just simply because he hasn't gotten what he wanted to see from his team. I mean, case in point, Louisville has 117 rushing attempts on the year to only 88 pass attempts. Okay, Like that, you know, like, like right now, Louisville is probably a 60-40 run-to-pass ratio, and that's never been a part of a, of a Jeff Brom offense for the most part. But that's been necessitated by the fact that the quarterback position has not necessarily given, uh, you know, the most confidence to go out there and throw it more than that. Um, and, and I do think that's telling, the fact that, you know, that, Basically, you're getting 60% of your play calls are are ending in a rush rather than a pass, Uh, especially for a guy like Jeff that loves to put the ball up and loves to put numbers up. Um, But I I think it's out of necessity, and I think that's okay. I think that you have to do what you need to do to win, and the most important part is to get the win. And Louisville has done that. They are 3-0, and you have the running back room that you can lean on these guys. You can lean on Jawar Jordan. You can lean on Isaac Garendo. You can lean on Maurice Turner. Um, those are three guys that I don't mind giving that call to to hand that ball off to and, and, and pick up those tough yards and pick up, you know, find those rushing lanes. Um, so, I mean, I think that's fine, but if Louisville wants to be who, who they want to be this year, if they're going to get ready to go down to Raleigh next week and knock off the Wolfpack on the road, you need to go out there and put together four quarters. We can't see another one of these games where half the game you're good, half the game you're bad, or you know three quarters you're all right, and then you just completely fall asleep for a quarter like you did against Georgia Tech. We cannot see that today. I need to see Louisville go out there. This is going to be Boston College's first game on the road. Uh, they need to take care of business. So we'll continue to, 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 to monitor that, and we'll continue to talk about that. I would love to hear your thoughts on who you think the MVP of today's game is. Um, do you have trust in Jack Plummer? 5024141450 is the Thornton's text line. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Am I going overboard in my criticism of Jack Plummer? Like I said, I, I think he's the best guy for the job, and I think he's the guy to get it done, but I just need to see more from him. Um, is that fair commentary is that not fair do you think i'm being too critical um you know what do you think about my thoughts on um uh, jeff brom um has he kind of nerfed his own offense and has he shown his um lack of confidence in the passing game and that's resulted in 60 percent run plays so far through three games uh, am i tripping uh, am i over analyzing it what do you see in it um I, I would love to hear your thoughts on that but uh you know, it's been a, it's been a very refreshing uh, breath of fresh air to be able to talk about Louisville football, and you're talking about criticizing and critiquing wins versus then worrying about if you can get a win in a game. Um, this is a very fun place to be where there's still a lot of room for improvement, but there's a lot of room for improvement while also being undefeated. Um, that's why this game is so important today. You get this game today, and you've gotten through the first quarter of the season with mission accomplished. Uh, you know, that's that's basically the way this season breaks down our first third of the season. Excuse me. Um, you know, when you when you break down the, the schedule in, in the 12 game set, it's basically broken down into three sections. Um, the first three, uh, the first part, the first section was the section where we expected to go four and oh. So if you get that done today, you beat Boston College. First step of the mission is completed. You've gotten through the first third of the season unscathed. You've won the games you're supposed to win, and now the most challenging section of the season, which is that second third of the season, gets underway. Okay? And that's where, you know, you have a couple of 50-50 games. You have the road game um at Raleigh. You have, of course, the biggest game of the year home versus Notre Dame. You have the road game at Pittsburgh, and you have Duke. Those are the games that, you know, Dependent upon how you do during that second segment, if you win your first four games, will probably determine if you can get to that 10 and two. because I would argue that if you can find a way to win two to three of that second section, if you can win find a way to go three and one, like if your only loss is Notre Dame at home, and you come out of that section three and one, and you're talking about an overall record of seven and one through your first eight then you're sitting pretty in that last four. Because in that last four, you do have a couple of, you know, what I estimate to be gimme games, Virginia and Virginia Tech. I think Louisville shouldn't have much problem with those two teams. Uh, but then, of course, you have the road game at Miami and then UK at the end of the year. But if you're sitting 7-1 and one going into that last third of the season, I think that, you know, you're very much in play for that 10-2 and two or that 9-3 and three season. Uh, and I think that would be huge in Jeff Brown's first year. But first things first, you've got to find a way uh, to get through this Boston College game. You've got to find a way uh, to get the the Eagles out of here with a loss. Um, I fully expect that is going to happen. I think that this Louisville defense is good enough to go out there and put the type of performance together to really make it hard on Boston College. Was it impressive that they were able to go out there and put 29 points on that very good Florida State defense? Yes. But I don't think Florida State was necessarily playing with full focus. I think they were coming out playing a little lazy. I think they came out not really taking Boston College seriously. Um, Guys weren't flying to the football the way they should have. They really figured out that they were in a battle and they were able to circle the wagons and get it done. But I think because of that Louisville's defense is going to be ready the one thing that I will give uh, credit to um, this Louisville team overall is that these guys have played hard throughout Um, that's why I was so impressed with the Murray State game was just because they were just so dialed in and they were hustling to where even like I said the second and third string guys came in and they were still playing hard they were still flying to the ball they were still hitting hard um So that's why I don't think that this Boston College offense is going to be taken for granted. I don't think Thomas Castellano is going to be able to be taken for granted. I think that Louisville is going to come out there playing that opportunistic football. They already have six takeaways on the year. I think that they can get one or two more today um, and really put the screws to them. And Boston College is a team, if they turn the ball over, uh, they're going to be in trouble, um, and then that's where you break off the long run to Jawar Jordan. That's where you you know take a shot down the field to Jamari Thrash and you open it up. And you would just hope that with Boston College this being their first game out on the road, that maybe that snowballs and Louisville's able to put a big number up and get it done. That that would really really be um, a good thing heading into uh, that North Carolina State game next week. But we'll see what happens. But uh, you know I'll go. I'm going to go ahead. Uh, we're going to take uh, this break. And when we come back, I do have the picks um, from uh, Leanne. Uh, so, so Leanne Herring, of course, our uh, college football correspondent. Uh, she knows everything about you know the, the, the sports, and she loves to break it down. Unfortunately, we will not be able to have her on because uh, the phone line is down. But I do have her picks, so I'm going to go through her picks. I'm going to give my thoughts on those games as well. Um, so we have her power picks and predictions uh, for the week. So you are listening to Wake Up 502. This is Rashawn Myers on 96.1 FM, and we'll be back
1: more rhymes, and the Bible's got psalms, and just like the prodigal sun, I've returned, anyone stepping on me, you'll get burned, cause I got lyrics, but you ain't got none, if you come to battle with a shotgun.
0: Welcome back in. Last segment of the show. Wake up 502, 104.7. good lord, 96.1 FM, Big X Sports Radio. Sorry, y- 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 y'all know sometimes I just go all the way back. And hopefully we'll be sending those Eagles flying away with a loss today. So uh, you know, that's the objective for the The Cardinals are flying in with the victory, and the Eagles are gonna be flying out with the loss. That is the hope. That is the uh message for today i am sure that uh those guys are ready to get back out there um the best thing they you know i've always had coaches say that the best thing that, that they can have is to be able to have teaching moments in, in, a, in a win because when you can have the win but still have a bunch of stuff that you can yell at guys about they absolutely love that uh so you know i think that louisville definitely has that um you know that's that's uh something that uh uh, they definitely have, you know, what's been good and, and what's been bad. Um, and, you know, if you can have something to yell about and really get into your guys in practice and still be able to go out there, um, you know, then you have the opportunity to do some big things. But I, I tell you what, there's a lot of teams that have uh, opportunity to do some big things today. Of course, um, you know, the, the mouth of the South himself, Mr. Deion Sanders, uh, is going to be taking his Colorado Buffaloes, who are still undefeated. Uh, you know, much to the chagrin of some and uh, you know, looking very, very shaky last week versus Colorado State. They were able to figure out a way to get it done. Uh, but now they're stepping up in weight class. Uh they, they've been fighting it in the light, lightweight, and welterweight ranges through the first couple of games. Uh now they're gonna step into the heavyweights. Uh they take they go on the road, they take on Oregon. Um that will be a very, very interesting game. <clears throat> Colorado. I give them all the credit. Uh they are a team that only won one game last year and prime time uh has definitely brought in um a lot of energy. He's brought in a ton of talent. Um and Colorado definitely looks a lot better uh than they did last year, uh, no doubt. But yeah, I think that's gonna I, I think the, the Buffaloes are, are going down. There's a reason why you have number ten versus number nineteen. Okay, two two teams that are only, you know, in the rankings, nine places and nine spots between them. But Oregon's a twenty one point favorite in this game. Uh right as of right now, per the Vegas Sportsbook, yes, that Oregon is still a twenty one point favorite. There's a reason that a two that two teams that are only nine spots difference in the polls, there's that big of a difference in the game. And the reason is Colorado really ain't played nobody, y'all. Uh, like I, I love the story and I love the fact that, you know, they come out, they beat TCU, who, you know, if you've been paying attention to TCU over the last several weeks, people are realizing TCU just really isn't that good. Um, <laughs> you know, so you give Colorado credit for knocking off TCU. You give Colorado credit for knocking off Nebraska. Um, and, you know, of course, they found a way to slide by or the uh, uh, Colorado State last week. But, yeah, Oregon's in a whole different tax bracket. Um, Oregon is a very, very good team. Uh, they've been excellent so far. And I just think that that Colorado defense, while, you know, Deion's offense has been very good and, you know, you have a lot of playmakers and they defense was opportunistic. They were able to force Colorado State into some big turnovers um, to and some get some big stops to, to, you know, win that game ultimately. But, of course, Colorado State's not a very good football team. Um I don't think that's going to happen versus Oregon. Now this was not one of the picks uh, that Leanne gave us. um, But yeah, I I definitely think Colorado is going to lose Um, that 21 point number. That's a lot. Three touchdowns is a lot, especially because Colorado can put up points. Like I think this may be one of those, you know, first to 50 type of games where Oregon gets to 50 and Colorado gets around 35, (laughs) something like that. Um, but I would not touch that 21-point number. If I was to go anywhere, I would take Colorado on the points, not saying that they're going to win the game. But I find it hard to believe that Oregon's going to beat them that badly. Um, I know Vegas doesn't really – that that line tells me Vegas believes that Colorado's defense is just horrible because we know that Colorado's going to be able to put up points. So, I mean, if they put up 28 points, uh, you know, you're saying, I us say, over-under is 70. So, yeah, I mean, they basically think this is going to be – you know, sixty three twenty eight type game, I guess. Uh, which, I mean, it could be, but that's that's just a, that's a lot of points. Um, so I would say take the buffs and the points, but definitely take uh, t- take Colorado to to, to to go ahead and cover that that number. Just in my ter- in in my personal opinion of the spread, but I do think Colorado will go down to defeat today um, to the Oregon Ducks, um, and then we'll see what happens from there. I know a lot of people are just. Preying on, on the downfall of Dion, um, but you know, hey, I, I, I'm, I, 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 I am not. You know what? I don't mind Prime talking. Prime is who he is. My only issue, and and I wish I would have had time to discuss this with Haven Harrington before he left. My only issue with with Dion is this: is that as the head coach, you carry yourself in a certain way, and the way you carry yourself trickles down to your players. And you never want to see guys get hurt. I hate the fact that Travis Hunter got hurt on that late hit out of bounds. But what happens in football is that when guys continue to run their mouths um, and you're running your mouth before the game, and there was video of Travis Hunter talking all types of yang yin, yang before the game, um, you are got to get tuned up. If you keep running your mouth, There's gonna especially when you're playing on offense. See, the thing about primetime, primetime was a defensive back. Okay, Prime played at cornerback. So he never had to really worry about guys hitting him. And, you know, in fact, Prime really hated to tackle for the most part. He wanted to try to pick a ball off or slap a ball away, but he wasn't even really big into tackling. The brother was never coming down to help in the running game. He was out there to try to pick off passes and, uh, you know, be electric on the outside, which is fine and good. And that also means that you can go ahead and talk your mouth, to you know, t- talk your talk and there's no repercussions to it. But when you have your whole team Trying to run their mouth the way their coach does, and trying to run their mouth and speak with all that you know all that bravado and have something to say. The problem is for the guys, especially on offense, the guys that have to go out there and line up, those defensive guys hear all that talking, and what ends up happening is even if the the, the hit comes late, if they get a chance to tune you up and you've been running your mouth saying whatever and talking real reckless, they're going to take that shot. And that's honestly what happened to Travis Hunter. Now, do I condone it? And should the kid have been hit for, with, a, with a penalty? Absolutely. But all I'm saying is that's the nature of football. This isn't the first time like late hits happen every game. You know, dirty plays happen every game in college football. It happens every game in high school football. I mean, that's part of, that's nature of the beast. But there's a reason why you don't go out there talking all that smack, game in and game out, is because you go out there, you don't want to give people bulletin board material. And this team is like a walking bulletin board. They're just going out there and running their mouths. And I hate to say it, but that's kind of something that's going to come with it if you're going to act like that. Um, you know, And I don't think it's necessary. I think Colorado has very talented players. I think Travis Hunter's talent stands on his own. I think Shadur Sanders' talent stands on its own. I think they have a lot of very good players, and you don't necessarily have to carry yourself. But unfortunately, that's the way Dion carries himself. And you can't ask a guy to not be who he is. That's fine and good. But he just has to understand, when you have your players going out there and running their mouths, people are going to take runs at him. You think that somebody, if Shadur's out there running his mouth, that, you know, if, if a defensive lineman has an open shot at him, you think they're not going to try to clean their kid's clock? Come on. You know, that's, that's, that's football. So, you know, that, that'll be something to keep an eye on, man. It's just that I don't want to see guys getting hurt because they're out there unnecessarily running their mouths. And, and you know, guys, you know, people take opportunities to take, take cheap shots. I, and I just don't think that you have to do it. Colorado's a great story, and I think they would be a great story even if Deion wasn't going out there talking crazy and all his players out there running their mouths. Like, just go out there and play football, man. Like, I mean, yes, I know that, that smack talk is a part of it, but they're doing the most right now. They're they doing a little much, so I, I would just kind of back that down just a little bit. Just back it down a little bit. Just <laughs> – just try, but maybe they'll just get humbled on the field and that and that'll get them together. Um, because you know, to the victor goes the spoils. And right now they're three and zero. They've had all kind of superstars and movie stars at their games. And you got Wu Tang Clan in the building, and you got the Rock in the building, and you got you know uh, Ma- uh, Master P coming out there. You got everybody coming out there. So you know, w- w- when it's like that, uh, what Mark Jones say it was like the B.T. horde. Uh, you know, like they, when you got all that going on, these kids think that they're movie stars. So you know that they're carrying themselves as such, but just understand that, especially as you get into Pac-12 play, uh, yeah, there's there's a bunch of real dudes waiting out there for you, and, and I don't think you necessarily want to go out there running your mouth and and you know chicken dancing and all that stuff with some of those teams you got to play because yeah th- those other teams got monsters too y'all so just you know just remember that but. Good luck to them today. Um, I I would love to see them go out there and get the upset. I just don't think it's going to happen. I think just Oregon's outside of their weight class. I think it's a bit much for Colorado. It's been a good story. Um, I just hope that it doesn't – that story doesn't flip the other way um, if, you know, the team loses a couple of games. Uh, You know, if they lose two or three games in a row, um, I just want to be interested to see what happens with everything. So that'll be something to keep an eye on. But but we definitely want to get to these picks. Uh, we're down to about the last uh, 14, 15 minutes of the show. Um, I definitely want to get into that. Um, of course – uh, these, these are Leanne's power picks for the day. Um, I'll kind of splice these in uh, while I'm also going through the rest of the slate. Of course, we have Florida State traveling on the road to take on Clemson. Uh, Florida State is a two-point favorite in that game. They are laying two uh, on the road at Clemson. Uh, Clemson, uh, I, I'm sure they are very rarely um, a home dog, but that, that's what you have in this one. Um, the question is, You know, Can Florida State basically eliminate Clemson? I think that if Clemson goes out there and loses today, that pretty much eliminates them from, A, the college football playoff, but more than likely um, the ACC championship game. I think if they have two losses in the ACC, they start out 0-2 in the ACC this early in the season, they more likely than not are going to probably take at least one more loss, um, and I just don't think they get in with three losses. Um, so this is a, a, it can be an elimination game for Clemson or if Clemson can find a way to get a win and you stick a loss on both of the favorites, um, that can be um, just as opportunistic for the rest of the teams in the uh, ACC. Uh, you know, if you're Louisville, a, a team that doesn't have to play North Carolina, Clemson, or Florida State, um, if both of those teams have one, like, you know, I don't know what's better, to have Clemson with two losses or to have both of those guys with one loss. And, you know, you still have an opportunity, um, you know, to to win an outright, you know, title if you go, you know, go unscathed in the ACC. Um, Don't know. I don't know what's the the best way to go, but that's going to be very interesting. Um, I don't trust Clemson as a home dog. Florida State scared me last week. Yes, they um, have been playing better. But, you know, until I see it, uh, give me Clemson. Uh, Give me Clemson. I'll take those two points. Um, I think that the Tigers get it done. This is just one of those games where they get up for it, and Florida State has not just has not shown me yet that they can be trusted. And that game against Boston College just just scares me. I mean, this is a this is a Florida State team that Louisville, even under Satterfield, was able to be right in the game uh, over the last several years against them. So they're going to have to show me that they can go into Death Valley and win. Um, so until that happens, give me Clemson. I'll take those two points. Uh, Clemson as a home dog, to me, that sounds like easy money. Uh, so, so give me the Tigers on that one. Uh, we have uh, uh – uh, this is uh, one on, uh, oh, excuse me, for, for the, the Rutgers-Michigan game, Leanne says, uh, take uh, Rutgers, take those 24 points, uh, in the that's the kickoff, the noon game. Uh, Leanne says, uh, 24 points, give me Rutgers. That's way too many points on the road. She thinks Michigan's going to get it done, uh, but they won't cover that number of 24 points, so just FYI. Um, Leanne also says she's taking Cincinnati. Uh, Cincinnati is... Uh, uh, get, uh, getting for uh, 14 points at home versus Oklahoma. Oklahoma has started undefeated, but once again, we know the struggles that, that uh, Oklahoma had last year uh, to get going. This is going to be their first uh, you know, road game traveling out, uh, taking on Cincinnati. Cincinnati's been hot and cold. They had played pretty well the first couple of weeks. Uh, then they come back to earth and lose to Miami of Ohio. Come on, Satterfield, like that just – you just you can't lose every rivalry game you play. But they found a way to lose the victory bell, which is apparently what I didn't even know Cincinnati played for the victory bell against uh, Miami of Ohio every year, but apparently they do. And it was the first time in 16 years that Cincinnati had lost to Miami of Ohio. Um, So Cincinnati's looking for redemption. They're looking to get refocused. Um, uh, You know, uh, Leanne saying take Cincinnati and the 14 points, I like that. Um, I would agree. Uh, go ahead, take the 14 points. Cincinnati may not get it done, but I think it's definitely going to be closer uh, than that. Um, so, so give me that. Leanne did not have an opinion on the Colorado-Oregon game. Um, Leanne did say that she's taking uh, Auburn. Um, Auburn is getting nine points uh, in, in their matchup today. So she said uh, take Auburn and, and the points. Uh, let's see, who is Auburn playing today? Um, Auburn is taking on, they're on the road um, at College Station uh, taking on Texas A&M. Um, she's, uh, she likes Auburn. Auburn is currently undefeated, but Texas A&M is a nine-point favorite. So she said give her Auburn and the nine points uh, in that matchup. I, I can't necessarily disagree with that. Uh, she also says, staying in the SEC, uh, Vanderbilt getting 13.5 points at home versus Kentucky. Vanderbilt 2-2. Two and two. UK three and O, but UK of course, as we've seen, have not been crisp. Uh, they have been in dogfights in the first half, uh, even up to the first three quarters of pretty much all their games versus not great competition. Lastly, being Akron, um, you know that UK has not played well. Um, this is a the, the SEC road opener for UK. Um, I like that again. Uh, you know, she says take Vanderbilt into thirteen and a half points. I mean UK has not covered that thirteen and a half, I don't think against the other teams that they've played uh, outside of pushing out some deficits late. But against the SEC opponent, I know it's Vanderbilt. Um, but I like that. Uh she says take the thirteen and a half. Um I'm gonna go ahead and agree with her um on that one. Uh getting back into the uh the top twenty five games of the day, um we of course have Uh, UCLA, Utah, Um, on this one, I like Utah. Utah is only a three-point favorite in that. Give me Utah um, at home. I think they get it done. I think they do it by more than three points. Um, Leanne did not have a pick on that one uh let's see we have Ole Miss traveling to Alabama this is the big game uh if Saban is going to do something this year if he's going to apportu- have an opportunity to play for the college football playoff he's going to have to get this win today I just don't think he can have two losses this early in the season and think he's going to get there plus this gives Ole Miss uh, a leg up uh, in the in their side of the SEC um Ole Miss uh is uh a seven uh, seven point dog that's crazy like that they're, they're literally getting points, even though Alabama has not played great. I know Alabama's at home, but Texas kind of took them to the woodshed. I like Jackson dark um I think he I think he's just about as good as Quinn Ewers, and we saw what Ken Ewers was able to do to that Alabama defense um give me all missing the points I, I I'm taking those points I, I like that game. Um, for Ole Miss, uh, so give me that. Um, I don't know if they'll actually win the game outright. Um, I can definitely see Alabama keeping this close, and because Saban needs to find a way to get this done, you know, uh, I can see an Alabama field goal at the buzzer to win it. Um, but I don't think they cover that number at seven. So uh, g- give me Ole Miss in the points. Um, a couple of other uh, other picks that uh, Leanne has that I want to make you uh, make you all av- um, aware of. She said FIU in their game. Uh, FIU is getting 10 points. Take FIU in the points. Uh, She also is taking Baylor um, at home versus Texas. Um, Baylor is getting 17 points at home. I don't know about that one. Uh, Baylor is one and two on the year. Um, I know 17 points is a big number. Um, Leanne says take Baylor and the 17 points. Um, That is a lot of points. I I will agree with that. She doesn't believe that Baylor is as bad as they've shown over the first couple of weeks. But, I mean, Texas is just playing so well. Quinn Ewers is playing outstanding football right now. Um, I would personally just stay away from that one. Leanne says take uh, Baylor the 17 points, so uh, I, you can do with that a- as you will. <laughs> um, she also says take BYU uh, getting 9.5 points as well as Arkansas getting 17 points. And in the big matchup of Ohio State and Notre Dame, uh, she's taking the Irish – uh, plus the three. The Irish are a three-point dog at home versus Ohio State. Um, I like that. Um, I think that Ohio State is still trying to figure out um, who they are as an offense. Um, I think that they've taken care of business versus games. They should have taken care of business. Um, I like Notre Dame. I like what Sam Hartman has done. Sam Hartman has been outstanding. I mean, that kid through four games this year already has 1,000 yards passing and 13 touchdowns. That's just – Ridiculous. And, yes, I know Marvin Harrison Jr. is the man, and I know that Ohio State um, is the Ohio State University, but um, I will be very interested to see what happens in this game. This is this game, believe it or not, I hate to say it, but I feel like this may be the game that tells me if Louisville has a chance against Notre Dame because if Notre Dame goes out there and just wastes Ohio State, um, yeah, then I'm just going to say Louisville probably ain't going to win that game, (laughs) y'all. I hate to say that but I'll be it's gonna be a very entertaining game. There's a reason why it's probably the most expensive regular season ticket ever uh, from what they're saying uh, about this game. Uh, but you know give me Notre Dame and give me those points at home. The luck of the Irish, I like them. I think that Notre Dame has the better quarterback. I know that Notre Dame has the better quarterback in my personal opinion. Um, the better quarterback at home. Um, I like that team to win that game. Uh, You know, the one advantage, of course, when Louisville plays Notre Dame is Notre Dame has to come uh, to Cardinal Stadium. Uh, So that makes a big difference. But, yeah, at home, give me the Irish. Touchdown, Jesus is going to be smiling down on the Irish uh, as they get the win. Uh, that you know, give me Notre Dame, give me those three points and the outright win. So, uh, Leanne, on that one, I definitely agree with you, ma'am. Uh, you are both a lady and a scholar. Uh, so, those are Leanne's picks. If you want me to go back over those again, her power picks for this week in college football is Rutgers plus 24, Cincinnati plus 24, Auburn plus nine, Vanderbilt plus 13 and a uh, 13 and a half, FIU plus 10, Baylor plus 17. BYU plus 9.5, Arkansas plus 17, and Notre Dame plus 3. All those are uh, dogs. So she's taking the dogs. She's liking the dogs uh, this week. So uh, heavy on the dogs this week. Uh, So, you know, take those, use them responsibly. Of course, gambling is now legal in the state of Kentucky. Uh, Mobile mobile. Betting will be available a week, uh, when the this coming Thursday. Uh, it goes live for, for mobile betting, so you'll be able to bet from your apps. Uh, so get ready for all that. I'm sure you've heard a billion commercials about it. Um, so have fun with that. Gamble responsibly, people. Uh, but that those are our picks for the week. And and just in these last couple minutes, big shout out to the Baltimore Ravens. Lamar Jackson is now once again shutting up the haters. Uh, The Ravens got it done. They were able to go on the road, get a big win. Everybody thought that the Bengals coming back. Joe Burrow getting quote unquote embarrassed, uh, you know, in against Cleveland in Week One. they thought that, you know, Burrow and company coming home, they had to get that win. They were still doubting that Lamar is that man. And Lamar went out there in that offense under Ty Monkin, um, just did whatever they wanted to. Um, you know, Cincinnati played well. Cincinnati came out there, uh, they showed up. T. Higgins was a beast. Uh, but at the end of the day, the Ravens were able to get it done. Zay Flowers had a big catch. Lamar had a great touch pass uh, to Nelson Aguilar in the, uh, the, the fourth quarter of that game um, and just really seems to be getting uh, used uh, to, to that new offense. I tell you what, spreading that offense, that's, that's the one thing I've always said, is that to me, the, the thing about By Petrino, that, that um, last year, Uh, for Lamar when he was here. And Louisville really went to that spread, and they were able to open up the field. And, you know, you had to make a decision whether you're going to keep guys in the box and let Lamar beat you over the top to Jalen Smith or those other guys. Um, You know, and and that was when Lamar wasn't nearly as accurate as he is now. Um, They're using basically the same principles. They're spreading it out, three wide receivers, four wide receivers, and making that defense choose. And now that Lamar can basically audible in and out of good plays at the line, He really, like, they have an opportunity to just have a very, very special offensive season. Um, They take on the Indianapolis Colts, who will be without Richardson. He got hurt, uh, concussion last week. Um, so, uh, the, I believe Gardner Minshew is going to be starting for the Colts. So I fully expect, uh, that the good guys, AKA the, uh, the Baltimore Ravens will be, three and O and Lamar will be off to a wonderful start to this season. Uh, so I cannot wait, uh, to see that, uh, that's going to be a one o'clock game on CBS. Uh, so make sure you're checking that out as the Ravens at home, try to go to three and O. But I tell you what, people, it's been a very, very, uh, Good day. Good day today. Um, definitely appreciate you guys for listening. Appreciate everybody. I hope to see everybody out at the tailgate. Like I said, we'll be there around one o'clock. Uh, we'll have our show from around 1.30 to two thirty. Counting you down to kickoff. Come out, say hello to myself, Joe Kelly, Haven Harrington. We can chop it about any, uh, chop it up about anything you want to talk about. Um, but would love to, uh, you know, get involved and to talk to you guys. I always love interacting with the fans. Make sure once again that is out the collision course. Tailgate That is right behind El Nepal on Crittenden Drive uh, at the Collision Course Tailgate. Just go to where you're hearing all the loud music and you'll find us. But we'll be out there. So this is Rashawn Myers for Haven Harrington. And thank you so much. This is the Wake Up 502 crew. And we're out. Hey, big shout out to uh, the Granville Pub for everything that they are doing for us. Make sure you stop by Granville uh, before and after games or just when you want to go out and get a great bite to eat. So shout out to Granville Pub. Really appreciate them. This is Rashawn Myers, and we're out. 96.1 FM, The Big X.